0: Welcome everybody to the Beards and Bible Podcast. The podcast where we talk about Bible beards and beautiful bountiful blessings. Is that good? Is that a good alliterative intro?
1: That was. That was quite the alliteration.
0: Yes. Well, that's Thanksgiving time, so bountiful blessings of beauty. Seem seems appropriate. Just seems like a good phrase right now.
1: Yes, yeah um yeah. how are you doing josh
0: i'm doing okay i'm doing okay is there any particular reason you're asking me that or are you just uh
1: well i just heard that uh you took some some uh wild game from the woods the other night
0: mm. yes i did i'll share i'll share that story later but um yes i have COVID 19 that's probably one of the reasons you're asking me that i was so that's, yeah, that's the other reason. Uh, to be honest, I just wasn't sure. <laughs> that's the, you didn't know if that was public knowledge or not? You know, if I was, you know, you're, you're violating HIPAA laws.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I'm glad that you're, uh, seems like your symptoms are mild. And uh, yes. so is, so are Jenny's symptoms pretty mild?
0: Yeah. So uh, both her and I kind of have body ache, tiredness, a little bit of congestion, and so we're very, very thankful that <clears throat> we have kind of a milder strain of this. And so we're, we're thanking God for that. But, um, yeah, man, it's, it's, uh, it hits everybody differently. So we, we were, uh, we were blessed enough and fortunate enough to not have the, the crazy, crazy road strain. So ours is just kind of mild, but, uh, yeah, we're still holed up in the house and quarantined in the house. And, uh, but I did go out in the woods last night and kill some deer, but besides that, Hmm. Um,
1: so they're well, having uh, worse symptoms than you are at this point. I think it's to the say. deer. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
0: I would say, I would say so.
1: Yeah. Well, it's, it's weird because I'm still waiting for Kenneth Copeland's uh, blowing COVID away. To really, <laughs> put, <to> fully...
0: <laughs> I mean, I'm still Man, waiting for I was, was living, I was living in that promise. I was saying I shall not get it because he blew it away. And the next thing I know I had it. So I don't know if he blew it towards me from Texas.
1: Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It's, yeah. Something, something did not go right the way it was expected. And I, I, I feel mm. bad for him. I, I'm just, um, yeah. just not him sure and, what happened. Him and,
0: <laughs> him and all 800 million of his dollars. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure he's, yeah, I'm sure he feels bad too. So that's some Lord. Yeah. How are you doing, man? I'm assuming you don't have COVID like me.
1: Uh, yeah. I'm just, just, uh, hanging out. I just got back from, uh, a family camping trip from, um, from nice. Northern Alabama, due east of Birmingham, a little place awesome. called Cheeha mountain. That just and, sounds uh,
0: super redneck. Chee-haw, land. chee yeah. chee yeah.
1: yeah, it was beautiful up there, and um, just fall leaves in full color, and we did some hiking on the trail. Got lost that was a little awesome, bit, man. and uh, yeah, it was good. It was good. Um, Stacy was driving on the way back, and she was listening to Beards and Bible on her little AirPod things in her ears, yeah, and yeah. um, uh, just at random times, emidi- em- emitting quite the chuckle. Um, so mm. I don't know if she finds our podcast enlightening or more entertaining or maybe a good balance of both or maybe English. she's
0: just mocking it maybe she's just like <laughs> yeah. these guys are fools i don't yeah, know I like what they're that. talking about
1: but it's the first time i saw her listening <laughs> to our podcast and i was actually encouraged by it. i thought maybe um maybe there's hope for us but yeah this is it's it's going somewhere
0: i think so yeah we've arrived finally stacy yeah. redledge has uh tuned into beards and bible so
1: so that's I'm, good i'm Thankful for all of you listeners out there that have tuned into mm. all of our episodes.
0: Um, the transition.
1: It's just a season. I don't know. I feel, I feel like I'm in a, a season of gratitude right now. I don't know why.
0: Mm. Mm. So here's what, here's what I was going to do with my intro. You had posted something on your Facebook about William Bradford, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so I was going to like go the long road, weaving in William Bradford and all that stuff. But you just cut right to the chase. Yeah, You just started saying things like thankful and gratitude Mm -hmm. and Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, the William Bradford things are way too much work. work.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Weaving that around explaining who William Bradford is and all that stuff. Yeah. 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 So Thanksgiving is upon us. What are you guys' plans and have they changed at all this year because of everything going on?
1: Uh, Yeah, they've actually um, been interesting. So uh, several years, um, we kind of had a tradition within our family to uh, get together with our extended family. And my dad would create this amazing scavenger hunt for all the kids and stuff. And um, we did that for, I don't know, three or four years. And it's funny, for a couple of those years, Stacy and I took that opportunity when we were together for Thanksgiving to announce that we were pregnant. And, uh, but anyways, the past couple of years since we've moved up to Southern Alabama, um, and, uh, you know, we're in leadership here at this congregation. Um, we haven't been able to do that. We haven't been gathering and you know, sadly my, my dad passed away, but, um, what we've been doing instead and kind of setting a new tradition as a congregation we've got so many different, um, transplants to this area as a congregation um, so many people are away from their extended family as well, we discovered. So we've, we, and we're kind of close to a military, uh, base as well. So yeah. that's probably, that's probably why, but, um, one of our elders, uh, Adrian, he opens his home, him, he and his wife and, and kids, they open their home to whoever wants to come from our congregation to come and, oh, cool. and just have a big congregational, uh, outdoor Thanksgiving dinner. And, uh, it goes really well. Uh, but on, on, you know, Interestingly enough, it's actually kind of doubled in size this year. We've got about 56 people RSVP'd, so it's going to be a massive feast on a biblical scale, but it's going to be a good time. But what about you guys? Traditions? Anything?
0: Well, historically, we have traveled to East Tennessee for my wife's uh, family Thanksgiving. But um, this year is just a little bit different because not only did Jenny and I have COVID, but Jenny's mom and dad both have COVID as well. And so, uh, we're all kind of forced to not be able to travel and we're sticking around here and probably not going to do anything tomorrow just cause, uh, you know, I think her dad still is running a fever. So we're we're going to kind of keep him away from the kids for the time being. But, um, yeah, so that's our plan. And, and I'm looking into Gabe's camera and I see, speaking of kids, one of his kids in the background peering mm-hmm. in, yeah, wondering what's yeah. going on on the webcam. He
1: sees he sees another bearded fellow, another handsome bearded fellow on the on the webcam, and
0: he's like, "That's not my dad, but he's got a beard like my dad." Yeah, yeah. So just so everybody knows, um, that may happen a couple of times through this podcast because Gabe and I are both hiding from our children right now because it's the middle of the day. Most of the yeah. time, we record this at five AM before our kids wake up, but it's the mm-hmm. middle of the day right now. And they're on the prowl.
1: 5 a.m. is a wonderful time of day, too. Everybody's asleep. And just me. You know, just my coffee and my Bible. Yeah.
0: See, before I had kids, I thought that was the craziest thing ever when I would hear people be like, I love early mornings. I'd be like, dude, come on, man. You got to sleep in. And then, like, once you start having kids, and especially multiples of kids, you realize that's the only time you have where it's quiet and you're not interrupted and you get to just be with you and the Lord and your thoughts and yeah.
1: Yeah. So now he's going through the fridge
0: behind me. I'm now. watching. Yeah. What do you get? And, is uh, some juice or milk or what do we got? I think
1: he got, I think he got a, a quart of orange juice.
0: Um, looking. So, we got, yeah, he's yeah. got his orange juice and he's kind of waving it around. And,
1: and that is, that is little. Hoisting it up. That is little bit.
0: <laughs> I'm terrified.
1: I'm terrified at the prospects of raising a clone of myself.
0: <laughs> it terrifies me. Yeah. That
1: is, sense of justice our creator has yes just oh man
0: i have a couple of those i think my daughter in some ways is a lot like me and uh it's pretty funny to watch but is he are you going to get him some juice or are you just going to stare at him what's going on here
1: i think he's i think he's going to football it up to mom um because i'm I'm actually hunkered down in the basement this is like this was my escape plan as well i'm down in my basement yeah and uh this was like you said if it's not 5 a.m., I can't, I can't find a quiet square foot in my house. Yeah. So I'm down in the basement. I thought I locked the door at the top of the stairs, but apparently it's it's unlocked.
0: I am in my office with both of my kids laying down attempting to take a nap. Mm-hmm. And you're going to think I'm a horrible parent, but I gave them both a half melatonin gummy to help them sleep. Is that bad?
1: No. no, no I a, <laughs> you know, a funny story. Um, my, parents, my parents used to give me coding at night. You know, this is back oh, before... Wow. Back before parents thought the world was out to kill their child, you know, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And, and everybody had to be super, super protective of their children. But my parents would just like give me just, yeah, random doses of codeine at night, pretty much like, I think wow. on a regu- regular basis. That um, explains and, a lot, man. And then they would actually put me, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they would put me in the closet and then shut the door
0: <laughs> and I would just
1: scream and I would just scream until the codeine kicked in and I'd just eventually pass out. Like literally the codeine would just knock me out and I would sleep all night. Well, one time, wow. my my dad gave me my dose of codeine for the night, and he didn't mention it to my mom, and my mom double dosed me. On codeine. <laughs> <laughs> and they like
0: they said I slept for just
1: like twelve to fourteen hours that day. Oh and I was like, they were like, "It was the greatest thing ever." So, wow. Yeah,
0: yeah. We we do use melatonin every now and again. They'll give them like a little half gummy tablet that helps them sleep. And and truthfully. I know this sounds like justification, but truthfully, they both need to sleep because we think Aiden may have a little bit of what we have because he's been. <clears throat> he said that his head aches and his his body aches just kind of like ours. So, but he feels fine otherwise. But we told him, we're like, buddy, you got to get some rest because none of us are feeling good. So, yeah.
1: But no, I don't blame you. I think I wouldn't. Yeah. I wouldn't give them codeine. But yeah, um, no, let's say
0: I don't think I want to drug my kids with codeine. But uh, you know, hey. You know, one it time it was the '80s. Things were different back then.
1: For those who question the safety of codeine or
0: not codeine, <laughs> oh gosh! <laughs> <laughs> like, so is this podcast about drugging your kids or is it about things? Oh kids? man,
1: we are we are more appropriate at five o'clock in the morning. But for those who question the safety of melatonin, um, Eli, who is now eight years old, when he was like three or four years old, he he actually got a bottle of melatonin one time off the shelf and um, he opened it up. Um, and he managed, we, the best guess is that he, he swallowed 30 plus melatonin pills. Oh my gosh. And we were freaking out. We called poison control and we like, we're doing everything we could to try to like get him to, to try to throw those up, you know? And, and um, poison control was like, well, there's really nothing, you know, that we don't, it's not toxic. Um, so he's going to sleep really well and, you know, just wake up (laughs) in the morning, be really groggy. Um. And yeah, lo and behold, he was like completely fine in the morning. We we were like checking on him throughout the night, you know, and oh, like coma sure, you know, or something. And he he came upstairs for breakfast the following morning, and he was just like rubbing his eyes and he's like, "Can I have Cheerios?" And we're like, "Wow, that was yeah, crazy."
0: Well, there you go. There's the power of melatonin. I don't feel so bad now. So yeah. there you go. Well, our podcast today on this eve of Thanksgiving is. Unexpected blessings of 2020 and things to be grateful about in 2020 because usually when Thanksgiving rolls around, um, there's pretty standard things to be thankful for. People talk about being thankful for their family and being thankful for their finances and their church, and all that stuff. And, and those are all things to be grateful for. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. But uh, 2020 has been, what's a good word? A dumpster fire? <laughs> yeah. Challenging. I was trying to think of a good, clean Christian phrase, but it's been a year, right?
1: Yeah, like a three-ring circus. Yeah, like, yeah. like, uh, yeah. <coughs> was the, so, the Zeppelin that caught on fire and burned? And
0: yeah, the Hindenburg. Hindenburg. Yeah. Oh, the humanity. Yeah. Yeah. So we've had Kobe Bryant die in a helicopter crash. Which okay. For, for those of you who think I'm making light of that, um, that was so strange and eerie and unexpected earlier in the year, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, you know, tragedies happen like that. I get it. But the fact that that happened when it did, how it did, it took a lot of people off guard, right? And then we had uh, Soleimani thing. I don't think I'm saying his name right. Remember the, yeah, the uh, Iranian? Yeah, the Iranian general. Um, he was taken out by, uh, us forces and that caused quite a stir, um, just in the international landscape. And then obviously the COVID-19 pandemic mm-hmm. that has been, um, obviously something I'm now experiencing firsthand. And then in the summer we had, uh, protests and riots due to, um, the George Floyd killing and other incidents across major us cities um, some of which continue even now, um, protests and things in Washington, DC and Portland and other parts of the country. And then in the fall of 2020, the election, that was the crazy news that's been Mm -hmm. going on for, it's still not over. So it's been going on for the past uh, month really. But, um, and then through it all, kind of, uh, we see case spikes, we see people getting sick, we see people losing jobs. We've seen just a lot this year. And sometimes I think we've taken for granted just how crazy the year it's been.
1: Hmm. Yeah. And on top of all that, a lot of forest fires out West and mm-hmm. er- early in the year, I mean, we quickly forget it, the Australian forest fires and stuff. That's right. That was, that's pretty wild. Um, yeah, it's been, it's, it's like I said, I think I said in the last episode, this, this, um, this year alone could be like 10 chapters in a history textbook. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Interesting year.
0: Yeah. So the challenge is, you know, the Bible says that we are to give thanks and we're to give thanks in all things. We're going to give thanks in every season. Right. And so it really shows if we take God's word serious, when we've had a year, like the year that we've had, if we're able to still give thanks and still practice gratitude in the midst of the year we've had. And sometimes that gratitude comes in unexpected places. Mm -hmm. So what we're going to do today is we're going to talk about five unexpected things to be thankful for in 2020. And um, I'm sure anyone listening to this can probably think of your own five. In fact, I think that's probably a good thing to do to think of things that God has uh, taken you through and how there have been blessings as a result of that. And to practice gratitude as a result of that. But uh, so Gabe and I are just going to talk back and forth about things to be grateful for.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Now I'm, this isn't one of my five, but I'm sure a lot of people are thinking uh, I'm grateful that 2020 is almost over, but (laughs) I don't know that that, that's going to change anything about the world and the fallen state of humanity or anything like that. But exactly. Exactly. But same, yeah.
0: same problems will still be there once the uh, once the New Year's Eve ball Absolutely. drops and Ryan Seacrest. I don't even know if Ryan Seacrest is going to do his thing this year. So mm. hmm. maybe they can resurrect Dick Clark like they did for many years. He was dead for a long time and they were animating him. So <laughs>
1: poor just guy. CGI has. <laughs> <laughs> All right,
0: you go first. <clears throat> Tell me something yeah. you're thankful for in 2020.
1: Uh, Zoom and toilet paper. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I uh, know I am grateful. I, if I'm not mistaken, this podcast was birthed out of you and I sitting at home, realizing that we have some free time on our hands. Yes, and it was. We, were, we were talking on the phone and we said, What if we start a podcast? And we didn't know what to call it at the time, but here we are. How many, how many episodes in? 16. This will 14?
0: be our 18th episode, I believe. Oh, wow. Yeah.
1: So I'm um, this unexpected blessing of 2020 is that we started a podcast and uh, it's been, um, glorifying to our creator and encouraging Mm. people in their faith. And I'm very, very thankful for that.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm thankful for that as well. And it's funny, we probably wouldn't have started a podcast if we both hadn't been stuck at home. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I'll go with my first one. I am grateful right now, uh, to be alive. And I'm grateful that my family is alive too. (laughs) And I know that sounds like the the biggest understatement of the century, but um, there are so many things that we took for granted a year ago. And so the little things that we took for granted mean so much more now than they did this time last year. And Mm -hmm. the biggest is this gift of life that is just so much more valuable um, than it was this time last year. Yeah. Uh, this year has been super hard, but at the same time, all things considered, my family has been incredibly blessed. We've, we've had good health. I mean, we have COVID now, but dude, like if this is our symptoms, this is as bad as it gets. Like we should be praising God. Cause man, I've talked to people that have been hospitalized and talked to people that have been on ventilators. And so mm-hmm. I am so grateful that, you know, God has protected us in the midst of this. Um, God's taken care of us financially. Um, our church is survived Not only that I think our church is now healthier than it's ever been. Um, we're closer in our marriage. Jenny and I are now than we've ever been. We've uh, got just amazing friends and mm-hmm. really all the things that we thought mattered so much don't actually matter as much as we thought. And that's things like entertaining or just being entertained, you know, entertainment, mm-hmm. uh, sports, eating out, all the all those things, you know, we can live without those things. Um, just, just the gift of life that God's given us. I'm just, I'm grateful for that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'll do my number two.
0: All right, Uh, do it.
1: Uh, this year has been a year of unexpected extra time with my family. Mm. Um, you know, in March, my school shut down and went virtual. So I was teaching, um, virtually and it would, I would teach for about 30 minutes via zoom and, um, you know, have about 10 minutes, 15 minutes in between each class, um, where I could run out and have a snack with the boys, help them with their schoolwork, help them with their chores. Um, cause you know, they're homeschooled and they wouldn't have been school anyways, but, um, you know, just be, be with Stacy, um, have a cup of coffee with her. And it was like, you know, I didn't, that, that commute that, that, um, (sighs) 30 minutes into work, 30 minutes back, that wasn't there. So that was an hour more that I was at home. Um, hmm. so kind of figuring out my place in the home again, what that looked like to be working from home and kind of having those boundaries. But the the unexpected blessing of, of being there with my family all the time, that was, I know that was, um, especially how young my boys are and how, you know, formational this age is for them. Uh, that was a blessing, I'm sure, for them.
0: That's awesome, man. Did you find yourself in the midst of that at times being frustrated and and feeling like, man, I just want to be out there. I want to be back at work. I want to be out of the house.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, well, in part, partly my own fault because I, I need routine. And when that routine is broken or it's changed or altered, you know, I, I don't really know what to do. I kind of panic a little bit. So I have to kind of recreate that routine, but, but at home. And once I did that and I kind of got into that groove and we all understood, you know, leave dad alone between these hours Um, he's going to work quote unquote, and then he's coming home. But, um, but yeah, you know, inevitably there's like the fight that you got to run out and break up and you know, those kinds of things. So I'm not, I can better relate to people who work from home. It's difficult on a different level. Um, it's a blessing, but there's also challenges that come along with that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, let's see my number two. Um, the second unexpected blessing, I think I'm grateful for in 2020 is actually a lot more to do with 2019 than it is 2020. And, um, that is, I'm thankful for God's perfect timing and his perfect redemption because, um, last October, both of my grandmothers passed away within two weeks of each other. And Jenny and I had a miscarriage at the beginning of October. Hmm. So I was just in this place of, not understanding, asking God, why, why did, why was there so much death? Why was there so much, you know, darkness going on in one month? I mean, it was just, it was really, really tough to figure out what he was doing. Yeah. Um, and it was tough too. Cause I was called on by, you know, both sides of my family, my mom's side, my dad's side to officiate the funerals for my grandmother, uh, both my grandmothers. And so it was just, it was hard to not be able to really process that and just kind of have to, you know, do what I was being asked to do. And then I could kind of process that later. But, um, Hmm. When COVID broke out in March, uh, the most vulnerable group of people obviously was seniors. And so one of my grandmothers would have been 94. Hmm. The other one would have been 88. And so I can't imagine how difficult that would have been for um, my family to figure out how to care for them and take care of them in the middle of that. And the fear that they probably would have lived in, Mm-hmm. Um, and so <clears throat> as painful as it was and, and, you know, as hard as it was to lose them as quickly as I lost them last October, it's almost like there was this unexpected blessing in that, that they didn't have to live through this. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think one I know of that the, sounds
0: weird to say, but
1: no, no, I completely understand. And one, you know, even more unnatural than death is to us is the idea of our loved ones having to pass completely alone and isolated because they have an illness yes. that is highly contagious and that's i think that's one of the one of the worst evils of this disease is that people are having to to w- step into death step into eternity without their loved ones on either side of them and that's one of the most yeah. tra- tragic aspects of this pandemic um that you know it just it just angers me to think about yeah. Um, but yeah i would i would hate that for any Family member, and I know there's people who have probably listening who know people, or or they themselves lost a loved one without having to, you know, being able to be there to hold their hand, and um, for that, you know, I'm 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 deeply sorry and grieved, and I wish I could do more to fix that, but we just have to pray for yeah. redemption. We have to pray for His kingdom.
0: Absolutely, man, and, and really, I think that's the thing that I was able to see this year is just that redemption of I, I don't understand all the reasons why my, my grandmothers passed the way they did, but they both knew Jesus. They were both very strong in their faith. And so, um, you know, I'd like to think that as an act of mercy, God took them out of the world when he did and called them home. And <clears throat> I don't understand why Jenny and I lost a baby in October, but mm-hmm. uh, in January, we unexpectedly got pregnant again. And uh, we fully expected to have another miscarriage because she was kind of feeling the same way she did, you know. Second time around as she did first time around. But uh now we have a healthy baby boy. Hmm. And and God is good, man. And and even though the last year, um, you know, the last part of last year was just really, really painful and and confusing, um, God has perfect timing and he has a perfect plan, and his redemption is just so good. And and his ways are so higher than our ways. Like we we think. That God doesn't know what He's doing sometimes, but man, He He knows. He sees. He knows way more than we know. He sees way more than we see. And I'm just I'm just grateful for that, you know. And in my point yeah. of greatest confusion and pain, God was working out something really, really beautiful in the midst of that.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. Um, I'll go. I'll go next. I guess. Um, yeah, I am <laughs> grateful for relationships and friendships that have withstood the testing of this pandemic of um economic hardship of politics um there are friends and there are family members who you know even though we may not 100 100% agree on all these issues um they are there still and you know some many of those relationships and friendships are even stronger on the other side of that so um I, i'm i'm really grateful for that I and mean, that's it's kind of a sifting it's kind of a, a refining yeah. process but yeah
0: Absolutely, man. Do you feel like this year you found out those people that you're, you're gonna, you know, for lack of a better term, grow old with, you know, lifelong (laughs) friends and those people who, you know, they're, they're in your life, but only so long as you agree with them perfectly on everything.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think, I think there's definitely a, a, you know, like you said, there's friends who you either have to kind of distance yourself from or they, they completely push you off. But then there's the other group of friends who your friendship hardens into that of, you know, like that, that, what is the Greek word? Philos kind of love that we mm-hmm. you have you know, a, a deep sacrificial love for these friends, even though they may not be your, your family, but um, you, you feel even a deeper, deeper connection than, than you would if you were your family. Um, and I oh. think that's, that comes through trial and that comes through testing um, and that refinement. So yeah.
0: absolutely. Yeah. And that's, that's one of mine too. Just, <clears throat> that that closeness that I've experienced with friends this year mm-hmm. um has just been really, really cool. And and I think what's been cool just to see like that vulnerability and transparency, like admitting like I feel really weak right now. I mm-hmm. feel really confused right now. I feel really overwhelmed right now. Mm-hmm. And having a group of friends that I can say that to this year has been such a blessing. Yeah. Um and and it's really just strengthened friendships, and it's it's grown me closer to folks that, you know, I was already close with. But when you go through something together with folks, it 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 just it bonds, like you were saying, that that philos, mm-hmm. right? Which that's brotherly love in the Greek, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. And, and and it's it's not just friends. I mean, it's also been family. Like my love and admiration and respect for my wife has grown so much more this year than ever before. Hmm. Like seeing her right in the middle of March, April, and May when, you know, spikes were happening and she was suiting up and going, doing her home hospice thing while she was pregnant. I was just like, man, what what a brave woman I'm I'm married to. Like this, Hmm. this is just incredible that she's doing this. And and she was still able to be mom and still able to be wife and still able to, you know, manage all the different dynamics of being a pastor's wife. I just, it, it caused me to get so much closer to her. And then my kids, like you were saying earlier, just being at home with them and having to find creative ways to spend time together with them is just helped me get to know them and just appreciate them for who they are and who God's made them to be.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome.
0: Yeah. Yeah, man. Is it my turn? I think so. You're a number four. That was yeah. number three for us.
1: Okay, yeah. you're number four. Um, I'm I'm thankful for a group of families that comprise our congregation that um were completely flexible. Um, they, they um, you know, went with whatever random all the sudden changes we had to come up with uh, to to meet legally to abide by um, health codes in our state. Um, I had a group of people who were completely okay and even joyful about meeting together, um, out outdoors, uh, so that we could maintain proper distancing or whatever. And, um, you know, a group of people who were willing to, to put up with heat and, um, you know, bugs and everything else, just because they, they just felt a connection to one another wanted to worship and to hear each other lifting, um, lifting, you know, their voices and song and in praise and, um, and, and seeing that same group of families grow closer together through helping one another as other families become ill or we experience a couple of deaths in our congregation, and seeing those mm-hmm. families rally around those individuals and and support them. Um, this um, health crisis, this pandemic has definitely brought our, you know, I think for many, many um, different scenarios, it has the potential to cause a lot of div- divisiveness. But mm-hmm. for us, it did the opposite. And I give all glory to God for that, that it actually pulled us together. It made us a a tighter knit group of families. And I'm really thankful for that.
0: That's awesome, man. Do you (laughs) feel like going through that together as a church family, um, you guys were able to, you know, see God working through each one of you to, to use those spiritual gifts and the body was able to kind of, you know, different parts of the body were able to step up into their giftings and callings just as a result of that?
1: Yeah. You know, early what we decided to do, um, we decided to split basically into smaller cell groups. Um, and those same cell groups were the ones that met together. Um, you know, as we were trying to be cautious and try not to cross contaminate each other. And, and, you know, we said basically you meet in the yard or the home or at the wherever the choosing of that, that cell group leader is going to choose. It might be at a park or whatever the case may be. Um, and then they're going to lead, um, of time of worship and prayer and teaching, um, hmm. and so for me, uh, you know, as a control freak, it was really scary for me to kind of sure. be, able to just, just to have, you know, just to let go and say, you know what, God's in control, and what they do and how they, what they teach and all this stuff. I just need to surrender all that over because I'm not in charge. It's it's not hmm. my flock. I'm just, I'm I'm tending this flock. I'm shepherding this flock, but it's not mine ultimately. Um, and so that was a good exercise for me of like kind of handing that responsibility over to other people and saying, here, I need you to, and, and it was good for them as well, for, for some of these these men who, um, who have a gifting to be able to teach the word of God and to, to see them lead a group of 10, 12 people, um, you know, in their backyard or in their living room or whatever, wherever they met um, and to hear the feedback about how that went. Um, it allowed them to kind of mature in their faith and in their giftings as well. And it was, it was beautiful to see. Yeah,
0: That's awesome, man. That's really cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And and that's, uh, that's something I'm really grateful for this year as well as my church family in the community that we live in. Um, I have seen obviously challenges within the body of Christ and I've shared some of those on this podcast, but overall I've seen folks, step into a kind of, um, unity and a kind of maturity and a kind of, um, a return to that simple mission of making disciples,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know, that's been just something that we've just really felt like the Lord has just been dealing with us as a congregation over the past few months is like, yeah, the world is broken. Yeah. The world is falling apart all around us, but the church right now, her call is to step into what Jesus has called her to do to make disciples. And to be different and to be countercultural. And um it's just been amazing to see men and women and families in our church community get that and come together. And so I'm grateful that was my number four. i'm I'm grateful that it took this year and the unique challenges of this year for us to be able to find what was really important. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah because it's it, it's so easy just to kind of you know ride on the waves of cultural tide and just do the church thing. But then when you go through these challenges of everything happening in the culture, it almost causes you to look at each other and go, "Okay, so what are we doing again? Like, mm-hmm. what is this about? Is this about us just having service? Is this just about us being in a building, or is this about something more than that?" Mm-hmm. And so it's been really, really, really cool just to see. I think that sense of calling and that sense of vision that's really come about as a, as a result of this. Um, mm. and I don't think that's just my church. I, I really just feel like the body of Christ as a whole, you know, the church has responded in a couple of different ways. I think there's been a sifting and mm-hmm. people that were in churches just because it was convenient or easy or cultural. That's what you did. I don't think they're there anymore. Yeah. And so, uh, we went through that as well, but I think on the other side of this, what we're going to see is that the people that are still there are the people that are committed to being disciple makers and committed to this mission of living out the kingdom and following Jesus as a a disciple.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think he's, I think there's going to be these waves of, of refinement and purification because he's coming for his bride and he wants his bride to be pure and, um, he wants his bride to be one. He's not coming for multiple brides. So yeah, there will be there will be waves of refinement. <clears throat> um, they will come from different angles, from different entities and organizations and governments all across yeah. the world. But um, you know, it might not be in our lifetime that we see it. But um, yeah, it's this it's this idea, and we talked about it on the last episode of being pressed together and being mm. refined and filtered and purified, so that we can emanate a pure and bright light to the world so that, so that when people see the good things we do, they will glorify our father who is in heaven as Matthew. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I I like that idea of like this wave of refinement. That's a good way Mm. to put 2020. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I mean, it's, it's like, it's been incredibly painful, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. you know, being naive about it, it's been hard. I mean, but at the same time, there has just been this incredible, move of the spirit at work within us to to see God just do some amazing things within our midst. And, um, you know, it's almost like there are some things that I could have never gotten people to do in our congregation. Um, there's no sermon I could preach or ministry. I could start or discipling relationship that I could take up that would cause stuff to happen in people's lives. It had to be a move of God as global and as, um, all encompassing as 2020 to make that happen in the lives of some people. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah. 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 I think n- nothing like a, a uh, global health crisis to kind of wake people up um, to the fragility of their lives
0: and um, get yeah. them to. And, f- and an election and, and riots yeah. and protests and yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, man.
1: And I, I mean, I could be wrong, um, but I, I feel like it's, it's part of this process that Paul calls the birth pangs of Messiah. Yes. Um,
0: I don't think you're wrong. I think you're right.
1: Yeah. And I, you know, I, I hope his return is in my lifetime. Um, I, you know, I, I see the birth pangs and that, 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 analogy he's using is like, you know, just like if you've witnessed your, your wife giving birth to a baby, it's like these contractions begin and you don't know whether or not it even is a contraction. And then you fast forward three hours later and she's writhing in pain because these things are mm-hmm. coming closely together and more, um, with more intensity. Um, so I don't know. I mean, but then again, that's what people would have said back in 1917 As it seems like the world was on fire with war and Spanish flu. And and again, in the 1930s and 40s with the rise of Imperial Japan and, and Germany. And so, oh. I, I, you know, I just don't know. But it's um, in the last the last couple of centuries, it seems like there's been um, at least an uptick in, in human evil and fallenness and brokenness and death and exploitation. And But at the same time, this uh, even greater spread of the message of the gospel throughout the world to the ends of the earth. Um, yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, we gotta we gotta remember too that you know the Bible says a day with the Lord is as a thousand years, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, for us, we're like, oh well, you know, a hundred years, man, it's been going on. Well, I mean, to God, eternal, transcendent God, what's a hundred years, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what's five hundred years? What's a thousand years? Yeah. I mean, it's you know, uh, we we are seeing our generation, and we're seeing the unique challenges and results of our broken, fallen world in our generation. Mm-hmm. And our children are not going to live through the COVID-19 pandemic, most likely. It's going to be over, but they're going to have their own challenges. They're going to have their own thing that they're going to live through, right? Just yeah. like my dad's generation had to live through the Vietnam War and, you know, riots and protests and things going around the late 60s. So, I mean, every generation has its own set of unique challenges and struggles and all of those point ahead to the fact that Messiah is coming back to make all things right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, yeah, I mean, birth, birth pangs happen in every generation. It's just ours happens to look like this.
1: I think the biggest difference with this generation is the amount of noise and, and just noise pollution that we're receiving and information we're receiving about every conceivable topic that's going on in our world. Um and, and from all different perspectives and all different opinions, it's like we have so much information and, and opinions and information. It just, you know, all this noise and clutter that is at our fingertips and in our ears um, that we have to kind of discern and make sense of. And, and that's where I think I, I love to do a podcast episode on um, we talked about the word of faith movement and people prophesying and giving words mm-hmm. of prophecy and dreams and things. Um, it just seems like we both agree there's been an uptick of that, and so many people latching on to these self-professed prophets on the U- on on YouTube or on on the internet. Um, mm-hmm. How do we make sense of all that, and what do we do when when they're wrong? You know, and how do we follow yeah. up with that? Um, that's I think that's the biggest difference. Is like back in 1917 during you know World War One and the Spanish flu, it's like you might be able to go to the corner store um in your city and get a newspaper and once a week or something and but it was very all the information was so localized whereas now it's like at our fingertips we have all the information available that is going around in in the entire world and it's yeah. it's overwhelming at times and then you throw in <sighs> people posting everything and every little opinion on social media that you also yeah. have to kind of stack on top of that. It's
0: well, and and again, like we've talked about this before, like the confusing part about it is so much of it is slanted and subjective mm-hmm. and, and catered and built around giving us what it is we want to hear. So trying to be wary of that as we're looking through that, sorting through that, mm-hmm. it almost becomes this like incredibly exhausting uh, discipline of, you know, who can I trust? What can I trust? I can't even trust my own biases. Right. I mean, and and that's the hard part about it is like a a news story comes out and we're just like, okay, We, we almost have to read four or five news stories reporting the same event from other sources to know what the true story is because everything's so slanted now.
1: Yeah. And then once you do think you got to, you think you got to pretty good place where you, you're looking at it objectively and you have the truth, right? Quote unquote, then you're like, okay, how does this even? How, how do I affect any sort of change in this situation? Right, I'm right. completely powerless in this. So it's yeah, I, this year for me has been a year of kind of paring back on information that I'm allowing my brain to look at and, yep, and take in, too. and and creating more space in my day for allowing the source of all truth um, to have a have a prominent place and voice and 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 that's the Word of God, you know, like making sure I'm sitting down every day and ingesting his word or listening to it or listening to people teach on it um people that i know and i trust um so i would encourage people listening uh turn the news off turn you know, d- delete the social media off of your device yep. and just just get alone with god just just rid your life of all the noise yep. and uh, allow yourself to be filled with his presence his holy spirit and just um And in his word and study his word because you cannot go wrong.
0: Can I tell you a funny story? Sure. So you knew I got off Facebook for like two, three weeks right before the election. Yeah. Yeah. So I've been off for for about three weeks, completely deactivated Facebook, Instagram, all that stuff. And I hopped back on this morning just to let folks in my church know that, you know, my wife and I have COVID, but we're okay, that you can be praying for us. And so I, I posted something this morning that basically said, Hey, we have it. We feel okay. Here's some thoughts. The first is this thing is real. So we need to be careful, right? That was the first thought yeah. and it's not wrong to be precautious. It's not, you know, just, just this thing is real. You don't want to get it. Be careful. Right. And then secondly, I said, but at the same time, let's not live in fear. Like Jesus is still on his throne. Everything's going to be okay. Even if you get COVID, he's still going to give you the grace you need to get through COVID Love you guys. God bless you guys. You know, leave it at that. Thinking there's no way that anybody could take exception to anything I said. And, you know, whatever. Well, I was wrong again. (laughs) Somebody hopped on there. (laughs) A guy hadn't spoken to in like really, five or six years and put something on there like, you're not a medical doctor all you have is anecdotal evidence from two cases. You and your wife, people are dying from this thing. How dare you tell people not to live in fear, all this stuff. Oh wow! I was like, is he being serious? So I like deleted his comment and then he sent me a message and was like saying, uh, you know, all you pastors, it's like, it's like a, you know, Jonestown, you know, they're brainwashing their people, telling them all these things. And I'm like, okay, thank you for reminding me why I'm not on social media. Because mm-hmm. you can literally say anything. You can be like, hey, I like coffee. Mm-hmm. And somewhere, somebody hiding behind a keyboard can take exception to what you said and go on the attack and write you the most inflammatory things and not have to be accountable for anything they say because you'll never see their face.
1: Mm.
0: And I think that's a reminder to me why I don't ever want to be on social media again. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like I'm gonna let this post run on for you know a little while so people can know what's going on, and then I'm gonna get right back off because it's not worth it to me. Like, why do I care about what the guy six years ago that I met one time thinks that I'm Jim Jones from Jonestown because I said something about COVID he didn't like? Like, w- why should that bother me?
1: All right, hang on, just a second. My doorbell just rang. I think Amazon dropped off my my Kool Aid packets and spacesuits up in the <laughs> right, <bro. laughs>
0: Okay,
1: okay, I'm back. That, that was. Okay, I
0: you're was. back. Okay good. yeah, yeah. Um, so it's good yeah. It's good to know that you're also a Jim Jones type. Any pastor mm-hmm. is really that speaks anything. That's true. Yeah, what's that your was, number five? Oh, my That's number something. five, yeah,
1: yeah. My, my, my last. Um, my, m- <clears throat> the ability um, this fall to start my school year off in person with my students in a classroom, um, mm-hmm. I really take that for granted, and I am a horrible uh, online teacher. (laughs) Well, I shouldn't say I'm horrible, but I just don't get a lot of fulfillment out of it. That's the, the worst parts of being a teacher. I, you know, just, um, I, I really enjoy being in a classroom with students, looking at them in the eyes and having that interaction with them, um, and building relationships with them that way. Um, it's not possible over the internet and it's, it's, um, it really is, it's kind of deflating for me. It's, so, yeah, I, I really took that for granted, just meeting with him in the, in the classroom. So I'm really happy to, to have been able to do that this year so far.
0: Yeah, man. Yeah, I couldn't do Zoom teach either. Mm-mm. I did like a couple of Zoom meetings for our staff and for like a newcomer's class. And I, was, I did it like one time and I was like, yeah, that's about it for me. <laughs> Can't imagine doing that every you? day. What was your number five? <sighs> so here's my number five. Um, I am grateful for criticism. Disapproval and the strong opinions of other people. Hmm. You're (laughs) you're a better man than me. (laughs) No, it's. Uh, I'm
1: just not as. I'm just not that mature yet. But
0: well, I'm not either. But I'll, I'll just go on and and say, like, I struggle so much with this fear of not being liked. Yeah, like it is so hard for me, and I think one of the biggest reasons is I grew up in a family where. I was kind of called on to keep everybody at peace. So they would always kind of look at me as the one that, you know, my job was to make sure mom and dad were getting along, make sure my brother was, you know, getting along with my sister, all that stuff. So I I kind of played that role in my family growing up. And so as an adult, I think I play that role in a lot of places. Yeah. And this year has been insanely difficult because no matter what decision I've had to make, as a pastor, it's led to people criticizing me. Yeah. No matter what. I mean, any decision I've made, I've gotten criticism. Yeah. And I have been so paralyzed by this fear so many times in the years following 2020. Um, But because I didn't really have to make tough, critical decisions on a regular basis, I didn't really face as much criticism. And I didn't have to face the strong opinions of other people because uh, I just didn't, have to make as many critical, tough decisions.
1: Yeah. Well, you know what they but, say. If you, if you want everyone to like you, don't be a leader just sell ice cream. Yeah,
0: exactly. Cause everybody likes ice cream. Yeah. So <laughs> e- even just like <clears throat> there was, there were times when something would be going on in the news cycle and I would open up the text that we were supposed to be in that week. Cause we go, you know, chapter by chapter, verse by verse. And yeah the text that week was almost like speaking directly to what was going on in the news cycle. Hmm. And and I would just, and I would study it and I would just pray. And I would even say that to people that were around me, I was just like, man, I am so afraid of just reading and teaching what God's word says right now, because people are going to try to read between the lines and go, okay, so he must be this or he must be that. Mm -hmm. Um, But it kind of feels like this year, God has just kind of taken me by the hand and walked me like head on right in the middle of the sphere and helped me learn to be okay with it. Hmm. And it has absolutely sucked. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I I, I
1: feel like every leader in our nation at any capacity, um, has, has been challenged and has been stretched and grown, um, it's it's been a tough year for, for anybody, like I said, in leadership capacities.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's it's definitely been hard, but in another sense, um it's absolutely what I've needed to grow in my leadership. Mm-hmm. It's it's what I've needed to grow in my confidence of Christ, and it's what I've needed to grow in my identity as a as a leader. Like I think about the prophet Jeremiah, right? Mm-hmm. God literally tells him, hey, I want you to go to these people and they're, they're not going to want to hear anything that you have to say. Mm-hmm. But still go. Right? And the Bible calls him a weeping prophet, right? So you know it like hurt his feelings all the time to see <laughs> this group of people that were completely hard-hearted and didn't want to listen to anything he said. And then there were times that they would just straight up beat him up and throw him in a ditch where he's bleeding naked. You know, and all he did was speak God's word to him. And I'm just grateful. I don't have that brother's anointing and that brother's calling, you know, I mean, that would (laughs) be a lot worse than mine. Right. Um, But I'm grateful that we have examples like that in the scriptures of people that God calls them and says, Hey, you're going to say what it is. I've called you to say, you're going to do what it is. I've called you to do. And just want you to know, not everybody's going to be a fan and that's okay. Mm Okay.
1: Yeah, I think the, like you look at the worst case scenario, especially, I mean, when it's just matters of people meeting together, um, you know, worst case scenario is, is at some point in the future, you may have to stand up and be like, guys, I'm sorry, I made the wrong decision. I did yeah. I did what I thought was best with what the information I had available at my disposal, but I made the wrong decision and I'm sorry, please forgive me. But there's a quote by uh, Teddy Roosevelt. It says, "In in any moment of decision, the best thing you can do is the right thing the next best thing is the wrong thing. And the worst thing you can do is nothing at all. Mm. In other words, the worst decision you can ever make is not making a decision at all. Yeah. Um, that's, I, I I'm re- I really struggle with indecisiveness, especially when, um, I know that there's going to be people who, it, the people on, on either side of the issue, basically, I'm going to anger some people. I'm going to make some people happy. Um, I really struggle with, yeah. with decisions on that as well. Um, yeah, I think that's just, that's just natural. That comes with being, um, someone who, you know, in in pastoral role is tough because you have to, you're, you're trying to comfort people. You're trying to counsel people, you know, you're trying to encourage them in their faith, but at the same time, you're also trying to make them uncomfortable in sin. You're also trying to bring conviction. Hmm. Um, and that's, you know, and so when you make hard decisions or when you preach something that, you know, might ruffle feathers or you teach something from the passage that, you know, might, um, convict, um, you know, we usually do it with, with a lot of prayer and a lot of sincerity of heart. You should anyways. Yeah. Um, yeah it's, well,
0: and, and that's the hard part about it is it's kind of like, you know, the Bible says that in the last days, people are going to appoint teachers that tell them what it is they want to hear right? They just tickle their ears. And 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 we like to think that that is people who are going to teach false doctrine and heresy. And there's probably some of that in that passage. I think that's probably the main thing that passage is talking about. But I think that's also referring to people that just want to be in churches and sit under preachers that never challenge them to grow. Yeah. yeah. That are essentially just going to throw red meat out to them of things they already agree with. Yeah. And and never challenge them to think, never challenge them to grow, never challenge any preconceived ideas. And there's going to be a lot of people that in the last days which we're living in, they won't want to be in any Christian community that helps them grow by challenging their preconceived ideas. I think that's mm-hmm. one application of that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's it's kind of like set this precedent almost that um you know, he, he, and it goes all, also back to commercialism, which is another podcast episode I love to do commercial in, in the American yes. church. And, um, you know, just this idea that if I, I'm here, what do you, what do you got from me? You know, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm here sitting here. Show me what you got, you know? And that's the kind yep. of the, how you approach doing church. It's like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, give me the warm and fuzzies. Yeah. Um, well, I, there's and- another, there's another quote I love. It It goes, um, and I don't know who it's attributed to, but it's comfort the afflicted. Yes, and
0: afflict the comfortable.
1: Afflict the comfortable. Yeah, afflict yeah. the comfortable. And um, that's our job, you know. It's it's mm-hmm. to uh, it's to stir people um, to be holy, for He is holy.
0: Yeah, and and the whole idea of like growing in holiness, Jesus refers to that as pruning, mm-hmm. which is mm-hmm. painful. So like the only way for me to grow and produce more fruit is for God to cut something off me first that isn't producing fruit. Yeah. And that's painful. But if I wanna be a preacher of the gospel, if I wanna be a leader of God's people, I've gotta be willing to be a mouthpiece for him to speak that through me. Hmm. And you know, last time I checked, (laughs) not every passage of scripture is you're okay what you believe before you open this Bible is okay. You know, the Bible says it's sharper than any two-edged sword. So it does the work of pruning. All we're to do as ministers of the gospel is open it up and read what it says and let it do its work.
1: Hmm. Yeah.
0: But if, but if we're afraid to do that, because we're afraid that somebody's gonna, you know, hear it and get mad and, you know, oh, I know what you're saying, I'm leaving, you know. Um, so I've, I've had to repent of my cowardice And Mm -hmm. I've had to grow in what it means to find my identity and my value and my worth and what God says about me. Because if I'm looking to what uh, other people say about me, it's, it's a fool's errand. Um, And I've, I've really had to be okay with people leaving my church this year. And in saying that, that's hard for me to say out loud, but the truth is it's not really my church. It's Mm -hmm. Jesus's church and he's the leader. And if I'm submitted to him, I'm mm-hmm. just the mouthpiece, me and the other elders of the church. We're just shepherds under the head shepherd, right? Yeah. So I've had to be okay with that. And, I'm, and, and, it, and it's been painful. It's been hard. It's been difficult to be criticized and to be misunderstood and to be accused of being something I'm not. But I'm grateful for that because it's made me lean in to Jesus and have him say, hey, do you still want to do this? Do you still want to be who I've called you to be? Yeah. And, um, that wouldn't have happened any other way except for a year like this year.
1: Did I ever tell you what my dad used to do? He, he would, um, when someone would come up to him and, and offer, um, criticism without, you know, volunteering to be the source or, or, um, resolve that, that conflict or whatever, or it was just a petty critic criticism. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for them, it was like, you know, this is really, this is a determining factor whether or not we're going to be involved in this church. Um, he would, <laughs> he would, uh, he would reach in his briefcase and pull out, he had printed out, you know, a dozen or so of these pages with about 30 local churches, their address and <laughs> their phone numbers.
0: That is awesome.
1: <laughs> so he would, he would reach out and pull this piece of paper out with, like I said, the church name, the address and the phone number. And he would lay it, he'd give it to them and, you know, just, they'd be like, what is this? And he'd be like, well, uh, you know, keep looking, you know, basically like yeah, this, dude. We, we have a, yeah, so it was. <clears throat>
0: that is awesome. He was, uh,
1: he was punk rock.
0: Yeah, man, uh, that's a that's a good idea. I think I'll I'll have to do that. So, I don't I don't know if I, I'll have to get a briefcase to carry it around with me first. So,
1: yeah, yeah, seriously, you'd like snap it open, you know?
0: Oh man, that was always so official when I'd see my dad or my granddad do that in meetings. I'd be like, oh my gosh, it's about yeah. to go down. Briefcase just snapped open. <laughs> oh man. Well, happy Thanksgiving, Gabe. Yeah, likewise, likewise.
1: And happy Thanksgiving to everyone listening. I hope you uh, don't eat too much food, but enjoy yourselves and spend time with family and just giving gratitude. You know, one of the important things we do as a as a, a group of people who get together before we eat, and you, you may do something similar, Josh, is just uh, everyone goes around and just anybody who's willing just to uh, express things they're grateful for that year. Yes. Um, so that's a fun tradition. It's a good tradition. I think it's a biblical one. You should should do it as well. And, you know, every day give thanks like you said, how you started the podcast off.
0: Absolutely, man. Well, best of festive dining to you. May your bounty be filled with many beautiful blessings. And uh, we'll see you guys next time. See you guys. Well, thanks for listening. That's our show. If you like what you've heard, make sure to give us a share, leave us a review or send us an email at beardsandbiblepodcast at gmail.com.